Hi Simon, just under a month ago to the election now. Did you watch the first leaders debate on TV last night? I didn't, I went local. Did you? Yeah, Kaikoura, general election, candidates debate in Blenheim. Good on you, have to confess I was there too. Yeah, so welcome to Voter Talk, I'm Simon Ewing Jarvie. And I'm Heather Roy. Right, so it was Biddy Cates, I have to say, it was an unusual venue for a candidates meeting. It was, I walked in and I thought, I'm not sure this is going to work, it was a very unusual shape. Lots of people there, quite a good crowd, which was encouraging, mm. uh, but actually it worked really well. Mm. Yeah, it had a sort of um, the vibe of a backbenchers TV show when it used to run in Wellington, eh? Yeah, it did, it did, took me back there. So where should we start? Well, let's start with who was there and who wasn't. There were six candidates that took the stage, um, Labour's Matt Flight, National Party MP Stuart Smith, who mm-hmm. is the incumbent. Yep. Um, Ex Richard Evans, Jamie Arbuckle from New Zealand First, uh, the Greens Richard McCubbin, and the New Conservatives had their local candidate here, who is David Greenslade. Thank you. Right. So, who wasn't there that uh, is actually standing? Well, according to the the list of candidates, uh, we didn't. Uh, well, we did see someone from the Money Free Party. They're not actually registered as a party for the election, but they're standing a candidate. Um, but he wasn't there. But his his leader was, and there was no one. Uh, oh, the independent candidate. Yes, Ted he Howard, was. No he show wasn't there. there. Yeah. Uh, social credit. No, not no. there. One party. The one party. candidate, but they weren't there. Same mm. with the Outdoors Party. And advanced New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. So potentially there could have been ten. There were six on the stage. Uh, one sniper from the, <laughs> the side who left after getting annoyed about not getting his question right where he wanted it. So um, format. This is our first candidates, uh, first podcast about a candidates meeting, so let's just give the audience a bit of a feel. Yeah, so usually at these meetings the uh, candidates will have a short time to introduce themselves. Sometimes they get five to ten minutes to give their party political broadcast, mm. uh, but this was a bit different. They had 30 seconds each to introduce themselves, which they did in a very timely and brief way, which is great, and then it was straight into questions from the audience. Yeah, and who was running it? The evening was jointly hosted by the Marlborough Chamber of Commerce and the local newspaper, the Marlborough Express. Right, so um, shout out to Hans Nielsen, CEO Chamber, and Ian Allen, Regional Editor for Marlborough Express. And uh, we canvassed a whole range of topics, actually, some of them very local, some of them national, and the referenda, of course, both, uh, well, one of them, the... uh, Cannabis reform got a good look in too. So it was a good format, I thought, with Mm. just the introductions and then questions from the audience. So let's just run through the questions as we remember them. Mm. So the first one was a very local question. There's been for quite some time now a point of contention about what the speed limit should be between Blenheim and Nelson. For those who travel the road regularly, they'll know that uh, there are parts of it that are pretty slow and a bit tricky. And NZTA have suggested that the speed limit be dropped to 80 kilometres an hour, which has really got the locals... um, Annoyed. Annoyed, yeah. yeah. Yes. Seriously annoyed. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. done a heap of road work, so I'm straightening that out. The road has improved quite significantly with all the work that's been done. And I think given that, the general feeling from the candidates was that the speed limit should stay at 100 kilometres an hour. Yeah. No votes in going with the 80 k's, I don't think. No, there definitely mm. wasn't. Well, there wasn't. And then I think you asked a question, Simon. I did. Uh, I asked, um, so I asked each of the candidates, if they were in Parliament, what Members Bill they would put in. and that, Because that gives you quite a good steer about where they're thinking personally. Yes, and what did uh, they say? Well, Stuart Smith's already had two, and one's been now law, and another one is at past first reading. So I thought some of them might not know what a member's bill is specifically, and that so as not to be disadvantaged, I just asked if Stuart could start with a quick introduction, which he he seized the opportunity on. Mm. He probably thought it was a patsy from the National Party, but it wasn't. Um, and so he explained it quite well, and then um, the 
half of the candidates um, basically used the opportunity to um, push party policy lines. They didn't really have an idea what they were going to do. So it was a, it was a bit of a surprise question, um, but yes. a few got it. Yeah, I think some of them weren't quite sure just what exactly the mechanism was to get your ideas forward in Parliament, mm. um, but that's not surprising. And you're right, the incumbent always has the advantage at these meetings, yeah. and Stuart Smith was very slick in his answers and clearly well-practised, which was good. Mm. Mm. And you're one of the only two in your in the last term of Parliament, 2008-2011, that got a um, Member's Bill through. That's right. There's not many that, uh, that actually travel right through Parliament and pass into law but I did with my voluntary student membership bill. Then there was the um, Richard from the Free Money Party. Yeah, this is interesting. They want to have a world without cash. And mm. so work is voluntary and you're given everything we trade, I guess. It's a whole alternative economics theory, but I don't think we really need to sort of spend too much no, time on that. No, and um, he certainly didn't get the answers he was looking from from the other candidates, which wasn't surprising. Yep. Uh, then there was a retired pharmacist from Blenheim who raised the dreaded issue for mm. every candidate on a political stage of abortion. Yeah. Uh, and the audience became really quite exercised about both his question and, and some of the answers from the more conservative candidates. Yeah, he, I, I think he was definitely a pro-lifer, wasn't he? I think so. But yep. some of the facts were just straight out wrong about uh, you know, full-term near term abortions and things yep. like that I mean that those just, when the law was actually read out to him I don't think he was still was going to back down and no. that's when you realize the woman down the front holding her her knife and fork pointed towards him <laughs> worried me for a bit but she, she was under control so yeah um, the uh, we mentioned earlier that the uh, referenda got a mention and so the local publican asked a question about the legalization of cannabis and the Im impact on the hospitality sector he was obviously very against uh, any movement from the status quo I yep. felt yep. and it was notable that um, only the new conservative uh, fellow Dave Greenslade and Jamie Arbuckle from New Zealand First were the only two of the candidates who said they'd never smoked dope Mm. All the others said, yeah, teenage university thing. And it's interesting. We're going to do a separate podcast on the referenda, but mm. I'm getting the feeling, actually, despite the fact that we know 75% of Kiwis have smoked marijuana at some point, uh, I don't think this one's going to get through. Yeah, mm. it's going to be close. Yeah. Then there was a question on immigration. A local viticulturalist uh, clearly has had trouble getting staff. It's mm. a real problem here in the regions, not just in Marlborough but elsewhere, mm. of uh, lack of workers. Kiwis don't want to do a lot of jobs uh, and the uh, farmers, the agriculturalists have been particularly dependent on foreign workers who mm. with COVID disruption at the moment uh, are just not coming in the same numbers as they, the farmers would like them to be. Yeah, I, I thought he made a good point that you know, it's all very well to say an Air New Zealand pilot can come and drive a tractor, but actually he's talking about the massive amount of really hard physical work like pruning mm. and things that, um, you know, it's not just for any old semi-retired person to pop in and do. No, that's right. Um, and it was interesting, the, the candidates did actually talk about their party policies there. Um, Matt Flight, the Labour candidate, was very good at pulling up policy on his phone and reading it to the crowd so that we knew exactly what the policy was. Mm. Uh, others gave the answers that you would expect them to largely. Mm. Well, there's um, no doubt that the RSE scheme needs to be bigger. That's right, yep. I mean, it was brought in by, uh, I think, um, well, it's the Labour government, I think Winston Peters was sort of laying credit to it but it doesn't really matter it's there it's necessary I mean we're not just talking about grapes in Marlborough we're talking about fruit all over the country and uh, it's, it's a huge problem I mean there's a billion dollars worth of fruit just in Hawke's Bay yeah and the national candidate did actually make the very good point that it's not just good for New Zealand it's good for the Pacific Islands as well mm. yeah yeah absolutely yep
then I was lucky enough to have a question and I asked each of the candidates uh, a question around ele the electoral system, electoral reform, which I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about, particularly the 5% threshold. I asked each of the candidates what they would do to improve MMP. Mm. And um, they looked a little bit surprised at the question. I don't think they were expecting it. And a couple of the candidates did say that they hadn't really given it much thought. Uh, the Green Party candidate, who was very articulate right yeah. through the night, probably grasped that best and said that he believed a four-year term, our three-year term's too short, a four-year term would be better, and uh, that dropping the threshold to 4% as the uh, Royal Commission had recommended would be his favoured option. Others broadly agreed with that, I think. Yeah, so you'd have a 96% democracy instead of a 95% democracy? Yes, yes, I yeah, think. That's crazy. That should be dropped completely, but there you go. Well, you know, there's, so those that say if you drop the threshold, then you'll have all the crazies in. Well, as you say, they are... Some of the crazies are already there, they are, I think. They are yeah, there. They're in the hen house. Yep. The final question uh, was a bit predictable, I guess. No political forum is complete these days without a question on climate change. Mm. I thought the way she put it was quite good, though. She presented herself as an educationalist. Mm -hmm. And she put it to each of the candidates, starting with Stuart Smith, the incumbent MP, what they each were personally doing to address climate change or would do if they were the MP. And Stuart answered, I thought, quite well. He pointed out that he's the, um, the chairman of GLOBE, the, this is a global pan-party um, alliance on um, uh, climate change issues, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that. Uh, so he, and so she, she, she obviously wasn't happy with that answer, but I mean, what more can you say? He pointed out he's got solar panels and, and a fuel-efficient car, so... That's right. Uh, um, and then the rest of the uh, candidates, where did they go with it? Uh, they, some of them talked about solar, and the Greg Party candidate has an electric vehicle. He has a Leaf. Um, he lives five hours away, but the five hours might be because he had to stop and charge the car three Two. times on the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the technology, I think, isn't quite there yet for rural New Zealand. No. Um, but it will improve, and I think we'll get there. In closing, I think I'd have to say that this was a very polite candidates meeting. I mean, we've both been to some shockers you know, on the other side of the table where there's you know water pistols and shouting and, and abuse and all sorts of things, and um, you know just about a prize fight in some cases. Yeah, that's right. It's what you might expect of rural South Island, though. People are quite respectful of other others opinions yep. um, there were a few guffaws but they were largely respectful and the crowd of around 90 have to say was pretty well be behaved but um, it could have been much different it could have been and I always like to acknowledge the contribution of the people who are there it's um, not easy putting your hand up when you know that a lot of people aren't going to agree with your views mm. uh, and it's very busy and time consuming in the lead up to the election particularly the last four to six weeks so those candidates often have to take time off work so good on them all for standing and um, I'm not sure that we're going to have a, a great greatly contested seat here no but uh, good to hear from each of the candidates yeah I mean there are no votes to be won in a candidates meeting at the local level no. Uh, the people who go there are supporting their candidate by and large. There's the odd exception to that, but by and large, there's you could see the clusters last night of Labour and Green and national supporters. Yeah. But if you don't go, the, the media report the fact you weren't there. As we've just reported, it wasn't there. <laughs> exactly. So have you got a quote for today, Simon? Well, I have, and it's uh, one that's used extensively in America. All politics is local. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you want to uh, find out more, listen to other podcasts in the series or send us in a question, head on over to our website, 
talkpoint.co.nz. That's talk as in leverage, T-O-R-Q-U-E. And um, we'll uh, look forward to talking to you soon. I'm Simon Ewing-Jarvie. And I'm Heather Roy. Bye for now.